0: Greetings, beautiful. You are listening to Stepping into the Light with Julia Treat. That's me, your host, from juliatreat.com. Thank you so much for listening. I am honored to have you here with me. Thank you so much for tuning in and sharing your energy with me. So, I want to talk about spirit guides today. I have talked about spirit guides in the past, but The more and more that I connect with people and either do readings with them or teach courses, I realize that we kind of get caught up in what we believe spirit guides, you know, who they are or who they should be. And so my job is to broaden your perspective. (laughs) And one way that I do that is by sharing my own stories to perhaps open your You know, open up what you might believe as your truths or facts uh, already. And I do talk about these as limiting beliefs those programs and conditions or things that we have decided are our truths, whether from someone else or our own life story. So let me talk about, excuse me, I have a little tickle in my throat. throat. Let me talk about spirit guides. So I talk about Chief Joseph in my book. I wrote about him and how he showed up for me. He is one of my spirit guides, and he is guiding many, many souls here this time. He is bringing many of them together. And whether or not we ever spent time together in a past life does not matter. Spirit guide can show up at any moment in your life. So one example, oh, let me just say, I cannot count the the times that I've done readings where I tell someone like, you know, oh, your grandfather Ed is here, or your your great uncle John, or, you know, I don't always come up with names, but sometimes I do, or I might describe someone, and it seems to be kind of a common response that I'll get, well, I didn't even know that person, or I don't know how that could be because we'd never met. You know, he died before I was born. And I'm just here to tell you, that does not matter. (laughs) You will have and do have so many guides that want to help you on your path, on your journey. And you didn't have to know them here in a physical way at all. One woman who shows up often in readings, I used to get readings on a regular basis and I don't get them as much, but it never fails when I do get them. My one of my spirit guides, Stella, she shows up. And let me tell you about Stella. Now I have to I'm looking at my notes because I so many things happen for me and I think, oh, I've got to talk about that in the podcast. (coughs) And then it, you know, I have to look at my notes because the next thing will happen and then I'll I'll forget like the details of the notes. So Stella often shows up. I either hear about her in readings coming forward like, oh, Stella's here to help you or Stella's peeking in to say hey. But recently, she's been coming around a lot with so many winks. So I've been I, you know, someone reached out and said, my horse's name is Stella. You know, I might hear someone call their dog named Stella. It's just, I will just hear her name. And I've been hearing it a lot lately. So spirit guides come and go from our lives. It's not that they've left us and they're, You know, they're just helping us for a while. And, and sometimes I think And again, like I say, none of us are going to know for sure until we get there, exactly everything that's going on. But I feel it's their way of saying, hey, I'm still here. Just wanted to make sure that you know I am still here helping you. So I don't have to hear Stella's name every single day the rest of my life to know she's around me. She peeks in from time to time. So Stella was a woman that I met When I was working as a speech language pathologist in a nursing home, I did that for a while before I worked with the little kids, the birth to three. And Stella came across my caseload because she was losing weight. Now, in the nursing homes, if a patient is losing weight, the speech pathologist is generally the first you know referral that they get because they want to make sure there's not some sort of swallowing problem so i read through stella's file and got to know a little bit on paper and what i always do or did was i would go and observe them but observe them from a distance just to see what's happening during meals what happens what her behavior is what those around her what the behavior of those around her is it's just So I knew she was going to be in the dining room with other residents. And there were CNAs, uh, nurses' aides, there to help with those that needed help with feeding. So I sat back out of the way. And I never tell anyone that I'm coming to observe. I just observe because I want to see in the natural setting what's happening. I don't want anyone to change anything. So I noticed that Stella was feeding herself and that she would put her spoon down in her bowl or in her plate and nothing would be loaded on it, but she would put it in her mouth and she would actually chew as if there was food in her mouth. Now, Stella did have dementia. She was blind and I don't remember all of the details, but those two, of course, were the ones that stuck in my mind. So, I watched this for a while. Because I wanted to see what was happening. What's the interaction? Is anybody doing anything? Is anyone noticing? And AIDS would look over at her and then they'd just go back to feeding the other people that they needed to hand feed. And I sat there and began, my blood began to boil because I'm watching AIDS watch a woman put air in, you know, thinking that she's putting food in her mouth and she's eating nothing. And I watched this for the entire meal, and I watched when the cleanup happened, and they wheeled Stella back to her room, and she had not eaten a thing, and no one helped her. I was appalled. Appalled. So I went the next day. I wrote up my notes of what I had witnessed. Here's the thing. This is why, you know, there are good nursing homes out there. I'm sure there have to be, (laughs) but I did not work in a lot of them. And um, they did not take a liking to me when I showed up because I did not put uh, shove anything under the rug. I reported anything that I saw, and this for sure went into my notes. So I wrote the notes. The next day, I decided I'm going to go into the dining room. I'm going to work with Stella and see what she's capable of doing and work with the staff. I'm going to, you know, train them. They obviously don't. For some reason, understand that they need to hand feed Stella. So went the next day and um, asked the the CNA. I I said you you understand that Stella can't see, correct? And the aide's like, yeah, yeah, like not like no big deal. And I'm like, so you understand? And I said, and how many days have you sat here and watched her put nothing in her mouth and chew? How many days have you watched this? And how many days have you cleaned up her meal? And she has not touched anything on there. And you have sent a hungry woman back to bed. Like I was, <laughs> it believe me, I was holding back because I wanted to scream. So I fed Stella. I helped her load her spoon. Oh, I did hand over hand. I'm sorry. I did hand over hand. I, I loaded her spoon. I helped her feed herself. And then I let go. And I, you know, see if she would continue feeding herself. And she did not. She continued to eat air. And so I told the nurse's aide that I would be writing the notes and that she was to hand feed her from then on, or at least uh, hand over hand and make sure she loaded her spoon and that she was going to be an active participant in feeding Stella. So the aide like, you know, okay, understand, whatever. Seemed like she got it. So I wrote the notes and I'm thinking everything's taken care of. I did not sense a, I did not get a sense or a, or any kind of indication of a swallowing disorder. And I said, it's literally that, that she, her dementia is so progressed, she thinks she is eating and she's not. So, let it go for a couple days. And I, no, I take that back. I think I went the third day. That's it. Yeah, something, my intuition told me, go check on Stella. So I go in there, the dining room, and... I was back where they did not see me. I actually stayed back. I wanted to see what was happening with me, not, you know, with those eagle eyes, not right there where they could see. And it was the same thing as the first day I, I witnessed it. She was feeding herself air and they were doing nothing. So let me just say that these aides learned about the wrath of Julia because I was livid that now we were on day three, and this woman had had one meal as that I had witnessed at lunchtime. I don't know what happened at dinner. So she had had one meal, and um, I let loose on these AIDS. I then wrote my findings. Now, this is something nursing homes don't like, because if the state ever comes in, if especially if someone passes away, then they often do a review of the chart, uh, or they're supposed to, and um, they would see that no one is feeding Stella because I actually wrote it now like that. They are ig- literally watching this resident put air in her mouth, and she has no food on her spoon. Like I wrote it word for word, everything I saw. Well, that triggered the nurses, the the director of nursing, to come at me, saying that I can't write that in the notes. And I said, oh, well, that's why I observed, so I'm writing it in the notes. And I said these are your CNAs, it's your job to take care of them and make sure they're doing your their job. Well, I don't I don't remember the time span. It wasn't a long time. I don't remember the time span, but I learned or hurt. Now Stella was not taken on my case though because it was not a swallowing disorder issue or feeding issue. The nurse, the director of nursing, assured me that they would be feeding her. And I did witness them feeding her on several occasions after that. But I don't remember, honestly, if it was a couple of weeks or a couple of months. I don't recall the timeline. All I do know is I remember checking in. I decided to go in Stella's room. I think I was in her hallway and I had a new admission. I thought, you know, I'm going to stop in and see how Stella is. Now, Stella and I never had a conversation, okay? She had dementia. And she was nonverbal. Like, she would mumble some things, but it didn't make any sense. So I went in in her room, and she was in bed and just covered up in a blanket, and she looked awful. Her hands were already starting to, like, like, she was clenching her hands. Her toes were starting to... I don't know how like I don't know the terminology. Okay. And I didn't know at the time because I've never actually watched someone die, but Stella was in the process of dying. So I called I went out and I asked the nurse, I said, What's going on with Stella? And she said she's you know, she's dying. She's in the process of dying. Like literally when I say the process of dying, it's just it's just the family doesn't want to do anything or having a natural whatever. <laughs> you know, she's not eating, she's there they don't want to do a feeding tube. And so there wasn't even hospice coming. And so I was heartbroken. Number one, that Stella, that that what happened to her, which I felt happened, I truly felt that she starved to death. And so I went in and I held Stella's hand. And I stayed with her other than going home to sleep at night. And taking care of the case that I had to. But I would go in, even when I clocked out at night, and I would sit with Stella and I would talk to her and I'd hold her hand. And I would tell her I was so sorry for what happened to her and that the angels were in her room surrounding her and they were going to take her home. And it was going to be this beautiful, beautiful thing. And I would, I would talk about all the colors of heaven and how the angels sing and we can hear them down here. And I was just telling her all the stories about heaven, even though I wasn't even opened up to my abilities yet, really. <laughs> I just wanted her to believe it. I didn't even know if it was true. I mean, I didn't even know. I was just saying things. I was telling her beautiful stories of what was happening and what was going to happen. And that she was going to see all the people she loved. And it went, you know, her son, who only lived two hours away, didn't even come to see her as she's dying. And I don't know what their relationship was, but I didn't care. No one should die alone. So I sat with Stella. And her body continued the process of dying. And I, I think i've blocked out a lot of what happens i just because it was so sad to see someone go in that way and i remember you know i'd tell her good night each night and i'd go home and i went to work the next day and she wasn't in her bed and they said that she had passed during the night in her sleep and i was like oh thank goodness you know i'm just glad it's over for her and that was it i mean it bothered me for a very long time, and I think that I, I'm trying to think back because it was so, so many years ago. I think that was the last nursing home I worked in because I just realized I can't do that. I cannot work in that environment. So I am trying to think how many years later, many years later, after I'd awakened to my abilities when my friend Jean was passing away. And, you know, I write about that in my book. And I've talked about Jean, how everything just opened up when she was getting ready to transition. You know, a couple of, I'm trying to think. I don't even know timelines anymore. I'd say three, four, five years later, I'm getting a reading with my mentor as I'm working on my own abilities. And she says, oh, one of your guides is stepping forward. One of your spirit guides. And her name is Stella. And I knew, I knew immediately I didn't, it just, her face popped in my head and I was like, Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? I said, she said, she is so grateful for you and everything you did for her, whatever that means. And I'm like, and I was started crying. I go, Oh my God, she's this beautiful, beautiful woman that I could just feel her beautiful soul. And she was dying in the nursing home and I sat with her while she died and cause she was alone. And, and my mentor goes, She starts talking about other people in my life that are still living. And I'm like, yes, I know that person and that. And she goes, Stella, I swear, this is what she said. Stella was your mother in a past life. And I was like, huh? Now I'm open to everything. So I'm just taking it in like, what? She's like, yes, she was your mother in a past life. And she came to touch your life for a very short period here but it was not in the same capacity but it was in the same capacity of um, how do I say it like you giving her the love and compassion that you did as a daughter back then and I was like when she said it that way I remember thinking yeah that kind of what is what I felt like this woman I have to be with her and I don't know why and she can't be alone but See, past lives, like I say, there's so much to them. I was there for a bigger reason. So that's the first time I heard from Stella. And it I continued to hear from Stella. I still do. You know, I might not hear from her or about her for several months, and then I might hear from her for a few weeks in a row or a few days. And I'm always grateful for it. And I don't need to go back to that past life and see if, if for real, like Stella was my mom or if, you know, what the dynamics were, it doesn't matter. All I know is that I have this wonderful soul that I helped at the end and she's now helping me. So she's not a family member. She's not anyone I knew here other than those, you know, me hanging out, watching over, trying to help a woman with dementia and, and who is blind. That's the only way I knew her. And she's one of the the spirit guides that comes through the most for me. I mean, as much, if not more, than even family members that I knew here this time. So I I ask you to be open about who your spirit guides can be. Because it can be souls that you never knew physically this time. Because we all truly do know one another. (laughs) We're this never-ending, illuminating being. We all know one another. So it could be someone you didn't know in a family line here. It can be someone you never heard of before. It can be a predominant figure like Chief Joseph who comes through for me, uh, who I don't know if we had a pastor or not, but it doesn't matter. He guides me. He helps me. I know he is. I don't have to you know, hear him talk to me. I know he's helping me. Your spirit guide can be a family member, a child you lost, a parent. So it can be anyone. I have so many guides right now, just so many. Even the souls that I helped cross over who were stuck here, whether they are, um, you know, souls who passed who were human and didn't cross over for whatever reason. And there's many or A fallen angel, which I talk about in another podcast. All of those souls are helping me now because I helped them. That's just the way it is. One of my recent podcasts, and I talked about a young man who was a, what I believed, uh, had a lifetime of agony, not being accepted for who he was. Uh, turned in to be a drug addict and had I believe if I remember correctly accidentally overdosed see I just I I, I even tune in whether I do readings or I tune into a soul that needs help I don't remember all of the details and I truly feel like that's the angels protecting me I don't need to take on everybody's stuff good lord no I do not <laughs> so even Kevin he's helping me and I don't I don't do this to get the help, but I understand now what happens when I do help. That soul, in return, says, how may I serve you? How may I help you? What wonderful things can I send to you? What can I make easier for you? What gifts do you need? What burdens can I take? So I hope that you at least are a little more open as to who your spirit guides can be, It's massive. You have a massive team. If you want to get closer to your spiritual team, begin to release the old limiting belief stories. Start writing a new story. Start clearing any and all blocks then get into my spiritual boot camp. Seriously, it is changing lives in miraculous ways. People say it changes, starts changing their life within the first or second day that the miracles just start rolling in. I've taken everything that helped me in my life, turned my life around from rock bottom to on top of a fucking mountain, living in abundance every day. I took everything that I've learned over these years and I put it into this 28-day boot camp. You get one email from me every single day. People say it's like a little gift, a little golden nugget showing up. They can't wait for the next one. In fact, in fact people are pretty upset when the last day comes, number uh, day 28 shows up. They say they don't want it to end. So you'll get either a meditation or a video or a little exercise. You're going to get some little sweet thing that's going to help you shift. And here's the thing. I am helping you shift you. Because when we shift you into a higher vibration of love and joy and peace and calm, you affect everyone around you and they all begin shifting without them lifting a finger. All that you need to do is shift yourself and you will affect everyone around you. Your your relationships will improve. You'll have those surprise jobs or careers show up that you always dreamt of or you can't believe it actually is happening for you. You'll have money show up from magical places, gifts, opportunities, new friends, you name it. I've heard it all. Everyone, I have read so many testimonials that it, I mean, it just blows me away. It makes me giggle out of joy that their life is improving dramatically in a short period of time. But the stories still blow me away when people say, you know, let me know what's happened. So, the boot camp, if you want to get in, I'll put a link here in the podcast. You can also find it on my website under juliatreat.com. I'm always available for readings, past life regression, healing sessions. I even do group readings um, online. I have, I'm doing them on a regular basis. We get on face to face, myself and your group, and it is a blast. I also have a few spots left for my Sedona retreat coming up September 13th through the 17th. I will include that link as well in case you want to take a peek. And that is it for today. I am so grateful for you. If you have time, if wherever you're listening to me, if you could leave me some stars and a review, I would really be grateful so that others can see whether this is worth their time to take a listen to what I've got to say. I do read them, and I get a kick out of them. You guys are cracking me up, but you send so much love, but you totally get me on your reviews. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. God bless you, and we'll talk tomorrow. Namaste.